Welcome back, everyone, to 420 Pod. 420 Pod is presented by the 420 Clinic, broadcasting from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm your host, Matthew Lundy. Today's episode is all about seniors. The 420 Clinic is a medical cannabis resource center with locations in Calgary and Lethbridge. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Or visit us online at 420clinic.ca. Today, we're discussing cannabis use and the elderly. The senior crowd is one of the fastest growing demographics of marijuana users in the world. Between 2013 and 2014, the number increased from 2.8 million to 4.3 million in the United States alone. According to the Globe and Mail, recent data on the number of Canadian seniors using cannabis is unavailable. But in 2013, Health Canada figures showed that two-thirds of Canadians registered to purchase medical marijuana were taking it to treat severe arthritis, more common among older adults. If you're looking for more info on arthritis, check out 420Pod Episode 1, where we did a deep dive on the different kinds of arthritis and how cannabis can help. Besides arthritis, seniors are using marijuana to treat chronic pain, insomnia, depression, and anxiety. A few more stats here from south of the border. According to CBS News, seniors account for only 14% of America's population, but they use more than 30% of all prescription drugs, including some highly addictive painkillers. So for many elderly individuals, cannabis is quickly becoming a prescription drug alternative. But not all seniors are embracing this trend. This is understandable given the fact that many from that generation lived through the war on drugs and what I like to call fake news about the health effects of cannabis. For some perspective, I reached out to the seniors in my life to see if anyone would be willing to share some wisdom about growing older and discuss their attitude towards cannabis. Now, I couldn't get anyone to appear on the air with me. This is understandable since a conversation about cannabis can still put many people in an uncomfortable situation. But I did have one person agree to share his thoughts in an anonymous letter, which I will read to you now. This is a senior in my life sharing his thoughts on growing older and how his generation sees medical marijuana. People who have foresight often set goals. I don't mean to be critical of those who do not set goals, but without a sense of purpose, life can be somewhat lacking. The average man or woman will often set their sights on an act of retirement. Others might wish to have a higher purpose etched on their gravestone, such as easing the suffering of others, inventing the next vaccine, or easing world hunger. As for myself, I just want to get through life with a minimum amount of suffering, not causing my fellow man any undue hardship, and slide into retirement with one, enough money in the bank to afford a decent lifestyle, two, people I love around me, and three, my health. Fortunately, I do have a pension, money in the bank, a wonderful wife and life partner, whom I love very much, and an extended family, which will include grandchildren in the near future, I hope. And I am relatively healthy. Many people don't enjoy these luxuries as they approach retirement. 
either they don't have much in the way of financial wealth, or they have no family, or they may have health issues. Let's face it, much of this might be due to bad luck or bad genetics. Perhaps they've worked very hard to achieve their goals, but it just didn't happen. The choices we make, coupled with the serendipitous nature of fate, can conspire to rob us of all that we hold dear and keep us from ever reaching the goals we set for ourselves. But some of the bad decisions we make when we are younger are rather unforgivable and can be highly damaging and regrettable. When I was young, I, like most kids, thought I was invincible. I had pounded my way through vicious contact sports such as hockey and football, never broke a bone or got injured. I lifted weights, skied aggressively, drove too fast, drank too much, partied all night, but was always able to answer the bell the next morning. Nothing a few aspirin and drinking a ton of water couldn't fix. I got top marks in school and went to university on scholarship, had a successful career, and am now ready to coast into retirement. So what do I have to worry about? Lots. Let me explain. At this stage in my life, I often find myself in full, re full retrospective mode. If I had to do it all over, what would I change? Fortunately, it's not a long list, but at the top of my list of regrets is a wish that I had taken better care of my lungs. I never smoked cigarettes, and I am truly happy that I was not a young adult in the 40s when it seemed like almost everybody smoked. Much of this is simply peer pressure. Everybody wants to be cool and fit in, so they do stupid things like smoke cigarettes. My dad always maintained that his bout with cancer was caused by smoking. For my generation, it was marijuana. Fortunately, I didn't fall into this habit too deeply for very long, but I can imagine that smoking grass isn't good for anyone's lungs. When we were kids, we were surrounded by horrible pesticides, high VOCs in our paints, plus general air pollution. Much of this has been cleaned up, but for me, the damage has been done. I now enter my retirement years coughing, wheezing, and suffering from general fatigue every minute of every day. There is no cure for lung damage. Overall, I tried to lead a very healthy lifestyle once and realized how delicate our bodies really are. Yes, the human body is quite robust and can withstand a lot of crap, but had I taken a few precautions, I'd be entering retirement in much better shape. Suffice it to say, there are a lot of people in my position who regret some of the rather unfortunate decisions they made in their younger years. Had I never smoked marijuana, would my lungs be in better shape? No one knows. But why take the chance? So now we finally get to the purpose of this interview. Does my generation have a tainted view on medical marijuana? Absolutely. In our day, marijuana meant only one thing. Getting high. If you want an active retirement, should you smoke marijuana or cigarettes or anything else which could remotely have a negative impact on you? Absolutely not. It's simply not worth it. In our day, there was no such thing as medical marijuana. There is no doubt that cannabis has significant benefits, but most people my age have to unwind their long history with cannabis and accept all the good thing that modern science teaches us about the herb. For better understanding, watch the movie Reefer Madness.
Perhaps you've seen it. We are not starting with a blank page or a clean slate. We have preconceived perceptions about marijuana which are difficult to erase. And it's not easy to teach an old dog new tricks. That was a very down-to-earth and heartfelt letter from a senior in my life who allowed me to share some of his thoughts anonymously about growing older and his generation's view of medical cannabis. With how fast things are moving with medical advancements, it's easy to forget that there is an entire generation of people who have never thought of cannabis as anything else than a recreational drug. That kind of thinking can be hard to overcome, especially if it's the only thing you've known your entire life. He also made some good points about taking care of your lungs. Why take the chance? Fortunately for us, we now have a ton of scientific data to draw on to help us answer that question. What effect does cannabis smoke have on the lungs? This leads to an even bigger question. What is the cleanest way to consume cannabis? This is great information not just for seniors, but anyone looking to take a health and wellness approach to using cannabis. We hope to give you a few different options besides smoking by the end of the episode. But let's smoking, excuse me, let's focus on smoking first. To help us answer these questions is Dr. Ife Abiola, medical director here at 420 Clinic. Here's a clip of my interview with the doctor about the cleanest way to consume cannabis. I'd now like to welcome to the program, Dr. Ife Abiola. Hello. Welcome back, Ife. Oh, thanks for having me. So this is the second time Ife has been joining us. He joined us last week on the arthritis episode. So today, Ife, we're talking about cannabis and seniors. Mm -hmm. Um, We just went over a letter from a senior in my life about his attitude on cannabis. He has a hard time looking at cannabis being anything but recreational, but also worry about the cannabis he's done in his youth. What effect does that have on his lungs? But it opens up an even bigger question, which is, what is the healthiest way to consume cannabis? So let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about smoking first. Mm-hmm. What are the effects of smoking cannabis? So I'm just going to actually stop you right there. Uh, the healthiest way depends on who it is. So these are going to be all relative questions. Uh, now, your second question was the benefits of smoking cannabis. Right. Now, the first one would be the uh, time it takes for the onset to happen. Uh, which any, With any inhaled product, it's within five to ten minutes. So this is advantageous to somebody who needs relief uh, immediately. Um, as to contrast it with something like an edible. Edibles, their drawback is a long period of time, even like up to an hour or more before the effects set in. So if you need your effects quick, a, an inhaled version is the best way to go, whether that's smoking or vaporizing. So inhalation will give you quick effects. Mm-hmm. But when we're, we're talking about smoke, we'll get to vape, vaping in a second. Mm-hmm. What are the adverse effects of cannabis smoke in the lungs. And let's uh, compare that with um, nicotine smoke. Sure. Uh, So the negatives, of course, are heated plant matter. So anytime you combust a plant, you release a few things. One of them is tar. Uh, Any sort of heated plant matter will create tar. Uh, The other one is things like carbon monoxide, uh, small amounts of it. And then lastly, benzopyrene. Now, benzopyrene is an aromatic hydrocarbon, uh, which is linked to things like Uh, COPD, and even some forms of lung cancers. Uh, So what it does is it attacks what's called the P53 oncogene, um, which can stimulate or give a higher risk of uh, different cancers. So there are some drawbacks with it. Uh, This isn't to say that any sort of lung cancer from cannabis is common. It is not. 
uh, but there is a much higher risk. Now, to compare and contrast this with something like nicotine and cigarette smoke, uh, nicotine uh, and the cigarette smoke that you get from just like a cigar or a regular cigarette containing tobacco is more likely to paralyze the cilia in your respiratory tract. And those are these little hairs uh, that are used to bring up any sort of particles, whether it's mold or it's fungus or it's even small bacteria or things. Uh, cigarette smoke is more likely to paralyze uh, that part of your respiratory tract. And these tract. little hairs actually help in expelling, like when, when you do cough or sneeze, those are the cilia need to be active at that point, right? So if you're smoking something like cigarettes, mm -hmm. um, you're going to have a para those hairs will be paralyzed. Uh, more likely to be paralyzed, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you like cough something up, that's actually the cilia, those small hairs in your respiratory tract, uh, moving those products up. So cannabis smoke, fortunately, does not paralyze cilia like uh, tobacco smoke. Not in the same way tobacco does. Okay. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Next, let's talk about vaping. Because sure. you mentioned those three things, tar, benzopyrene, and... Was it carbon monoxide? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, carbon monoxide. Yeah. So even like when I'm say igniting with something like hemp wick compared to a butane lighter, I can notice a difference. I'm getting less less of that tar taste, less of those chemicals. But that's the whole point of vaping, right, is to take that down. So let's, what is vaping doing compared to smoking? Sure. So anytime you smoke something, you are combusting it. You are taking the plant and you are burning it. Uh, with vaporizing, you're not doing any of that. You're putting it in a chamber where it can heat the product up to a level where it can release those active compounds like THC and CBD, but not actually burn it. So this is why there's not going to be any ash in the bottom of the vaporizer, uh, just some product that's brown or looks like it's been toasted because you haven't actually burned it. So in this way, you take away the risk of things like benzopyrene, take away the risk of things like carbon monoxide and especially tar. And this sweat's way easier on the lungs. Um, there's no risk of things like bronchospasms. That's where like the tubes in your lungs, to put it simply, start to spasm or tighten up. So if you have any issues involving your respiratory tract, asthma, COPD, vaporizing is your best bet, especially if you need quick onset. So smoking cannabis, way better than smoking nicotine. Sure. But vaping cannabis, way better than smoking. It's cannabis. optimal, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. great. So someone who is worried about their lung function, vaping is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And just for everyone out there, when I say vape, I don't mean like those big giant e-cigarettes that are making like huge clouds around people as they're moving down the street or in their cars. No, this is like a medical apparatus where there would not be any cloud of vapor or anything like that. Vaporizing is it uh, in the strictest technical terms. It's just taking the, the products we need off of the cannabis without creating a huge cloud of smoke. Great. So just don't confuse it too. A lot of elderly people who want to vape just say, I don't want that huge cloud of smoke around me. And you have to kind of clear up that misconception. And the other thing that is different between them is the smell. The uh, yeah, you're still going to smell like burning if you're not burning anything. So uh, this is why a vaporizer is better if you need to be mindful of other people around you, like smells or odors or anything like that. Awesome. Now, lastly, I want to touch on ingesting cannabis. Sure. So... We've been talking about inhalation up to this point, mm -hmm. but another very common input method is ingestion. So you talked about uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. um, under the tongue compared to swallowing, what's the difference in time frame there? I I, I think we... Sublingually, right? They call that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we should edit this out because there's a lot of misconceptions. I actually mean this. <laughs> we should edit this out or not because there's a lot of misconceptions around the whole under the tongue thing because I've talked to some people who are 
using it the same way someone would use nitroglycerin, like put it on your tongue, then spit it out, which is just the easiest way to waste your product. So I don't advocate that. Um, if you hold something underneath the tongue, it can actually get into the system a lot quicker uh, through the sublingual mucosa. Um, but some people have widely overstated uh, the under the tongue thing. Uh, so I want to make sure the person understands it. Holding it under your tongue can help with the speed of the onset. Um, but it's not going to be just dramatic. It's not going to be uh, night and day. Uh, so just please be aware of that. It should always be ingested, ingest the whole amount. Um, subling sublingual administration does increase the speed, but you need to consume all of it. Okay. There's some people who just hold the like put a drop underneath their tongue and go, why isn't this going to work? And they just don't understand the the medicine behind it. So always just ingest it. This is why I'm wondering whether you should just cut this part out, but just always just swallow it. Okay. It is, I think it, it is kind of a gray area. So I might leave it in to, to touch on because mm -hmm. it's, it's a common thing that, that needs to be discussed. People say under the tongue and it drives me batty because yeah. they think that that means like, oh, that's the administration. It's not a sublingual medication. It is a PO medication, meaning per oral by mouth. So when people get confused and they go, oh, no, I just hold it under my tongue, I have to make sure they know exactly what they're talking about because okay. it's not a sublingual medication. It is a PO medication by mouth. Okay. So from your point of view, ingesting it is... Just way swallow the damn thing <laughs> okay. is, is what I tell people. And uh, there is a little longer onset period of one to two hours. Uh, for anything by mouth, yes. Now, this goes into a little bit of anatomy and physiology here, if you wouldn't mind me um, just delving into that. So... THC, we all know THC. Uh, we heat it up, we decarboxylate it to make it active. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not the end of it for THC if you consume it by mouth. Your liver will turn it from uh, a, a THC to 11-hydroxy-THC, which is way more potent. Uh, but in this process, and then making that 11-hydroxy-THC metabolite, it does take time. And this is why we have that one to two hour uh, delay and onset before they start feeling effects. But the good news is uh, those effects last much, much longer when you take them as an edible. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. If you do not have the time to be constantly consuming cannabis by an inhalation method, uh, using it as an edible in the form of an oil, uh, would probably be the best bet right now. Awesome. Uh, so that pretty much does it. We didn't want to get too, too in-depth today, but that was a smoking, vaping, ingesting mm -hmm. crash course. Yep. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to anyone maybe um, in their senior years trying to pick between the three? Sure. Well, I think it all depends on what you, you need. Uh, I always say look at the symptoms first. Uh, before you determine what's appropriate. So you need to look at the duration of your symptoms, uh, how frequent, how severe they are. Um, aside from that, if you have anything that could inhibit your use, if it's an inhaled product, if you're having issues involving coughing or bronchospasms or persistent uh, upper respiratory tract infections, it's probably not for you. You should probably be going with something like an oil. Um, but if you need quick relief, an inhaled method is probably the best. So just mind uh, what the different routes of administrations do. Uh, always be careful of edibles because uh, depending on your liver function, your age, your activity and your things, uh, the 11-hydroxy-THC, so what your body makes from the edible, can be anywhere from 2 to 22 times more potent than regular THC. So don't take too much and have the walls melt on you or anything like that. But yeah, just, just be very aware of it. Do your research. Uh, and if anything uh, gets in the way of it, always opt for the vaporization because it's quick, uh, it's very economical, and it's very safe. Perfect. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Ife Aviola, for joining us. Today. Thank you for having me. I hope I've answered any of the other questions. If there's if there's more, I'd be more than happy to come back on. So perfect. Thanks so much.
Thanks again to Dr. Ife Abiola for that interview about the cleanest way to consume cannabis. For more information, check out the 420 Clinic blog. You can link to that through our website, where you'll find a new article breaking down the differences between vaping and smoking. Before we wrap up today, here's a clip of Calgary senior and registered nurse Linda discussing medical cannabis for seniors. The clip ends with a fantastic testimonial about how the cannabis stigma has slowly been changing. If you'd like to watch the video, make sure to check it out on the 420 Clinic on both Facebook and YouTube. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Linda, and as you can probably tell, I'm a senior. I'm 74 years old, and I'm a registered nurse. This is a special seniors edition of the 420 Clinic News Update. Let's take a look at stories related to us seniors. Across the country, seniors are adding cannabis-rich tinctures, oils, and capsules to their medicine cabinets. Some, mainly boomers in their mid-50s to early 70s, are rediscovering cannabis after using it in their youth. But often, adults in their 70s, 80s, and 90s are trying cannabis for the first time, hoping the plant will ease chronic pain, insomnia, depression, and anxiety after pharmaceutical drugs have failed. CBS News reported last year that in the United States, seniors have become the fastest growing demographic of cannabis users. Canada, with plans to legalize cannabis by July 2018, could follow suit. Thanks to the Globe and Mail for this original article. Seniors, are you rediscovering cannabis or maybe trying it for the first time? Let us know in the comments below. For our next story today, we're going to look at cannabis creams for treating arthritis. Cannabis-infused lotion can help mitigate the daily aches and pains. In the elderly, we have to be very cognizant of any medication that may affect brain function. It is unusual for the cannabis lotion to cause unwanted side effects. In fact, you're more likely to have skin irritation or allergic response where the lotion is applied than have any side effects from the THC on your perception. This makes cannabis-infused lotions one of the cleanest and safest products that seniors can use to control their arthritis on a daily basis. Seniors, would you consider using cannabis lotion to manage your arthritis? Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Let us know in the comments below. Okay, for our last story today, a story about how cannabis can help fight against Alzheimer's disease. Separate studies conducted in 2008 and 2014 showed that THC protects the brain against toxic plaque buildup. Another contributor to the development of Alzheimer's is inflammation. A 2006 report analyzed the role of CB1 receptor sites having an anti-inflammatory effect. In addition to the antitoxin and anti-inflammatory properties, it would appear that cannabinoids may also play a role in the growth of healthy neural tissue in the hippocampus, the area of the brain associated with memory. This mechanism, known as neurogenesis, was explored and discussed in a 2011 study as well as 2007 report that observed cannabinoids supporting the brain's intrinsic repair mechanisms. 
Seniors, would you consider using cannabis to protect your brain against Alzheimer's disease? Let us know in the comments below. That wraps it up for the first seniors edition of the 420 Clinic News Update. How did I do? And thanks so much for joining us. Please remember to like and subscribe for more. We are the 420 Clinic. Ask us anything. As a registered nurse, I see the side effects all the time on pharmaceutical medication. And with, in my case, with cannabis oil, I do not have the side effects, and yet I have the benefits of it. And I always thought of cannabis as something I had to smoke, and I'm not a smoker, never have been. And it wasn't until I was introduced to the cannabis oil that I realized, well, this is simple, I can do this. I needed it to, uh, for stress, and I needed it for insomnia. And it's working for you. It absolutely is working for me. Now our children are turning the tables on us. We were talking about say no to drugs, and now they're telling us to get with it. For inquiries about the show, can contact amber at 420clinic.ca. For all of us here at 420 Clinic, this is Matthew Lundy, signing off.